Wholesalers, welcome to another episode of Wholesaler Masterminds Radio. Wholesalers, I got an interesting question that came up oh, a couple of weeks ago. Wholesalers said to me, what is happening to our industry relative to art versus science? You know, big data is coming to wholesaling. Well, well big data is here in wholesaling. And that means that we have opportunities and challenges presented by big data. So I had to go out and find an expert, someone that understands the numbers, someone that not only understands the numbers but understands products and marketing and distribution and the business intelligence that rests beneath all of those. And the first person I thought of was Lee Gorski. Lee is the founder of Casina and now a part of DSP Corp, and we'll allow him to do a <clears throat> quick insight into what that means for our distribution community. But essentially, Lee and his team lead the insights to, as I said, products, marketing, distribution, and especially as it relates to data gathering, data analysis. Well, who better to have on the line than Lee Kowarski? Lee, welcome to Wholesaler Masterminds Radio. Rod, thanks so much for having me back. It's my pleasure. Yes, that is true. You have been here before, and it's delightful uh, to have you back again. Well, you know, if you work for a big distributor, you probably are familiar with this notion of big data. You're probably familiar with this notion of all the uh, uh, client information as being crunched in terms of our advisors to come up with best-case scenarios for who we're supposed to visit as wholesalers. If you work for a smaller firm, maybe not as much. This might be a little bit more of an education for you. But, Lee, t tell us, is, is art going away? Let's cut to the chase, because that's what people are concerned about. Big Brother's going to be telling me where to go. How, how do I get over that hump? You know, it's, it's funny. I think that that is a fear that a lot of folks express to me. But, you know, if anything, I would make the argument that the, the art side of things, the, the softer skills, the relationship management and true sales skills, are actually going to become more important in the future, not less. Well, how? Help me understand that. Because, you know, if you're a wholesaler that's been around for 20X years, 15X years, before the advent of hex cell phones, um, you are very, very suspect by the uh, marching orders that come down from corporate telling me where to go and who to see when I'm used to being a lone wolf. Yeah. I mean, my, my experience uh, working in this industry for the last 20 years or so has been that the successful wholesalers are always the ones who embrace new technology, new resources, new tools that are available to them. Um, so whether that was the, the first wholesalers to embrace going all the way back, you know, whether a fax machine or, or, or email from a technology standpoint, or resources like some of the, the market share type of information that's been out there, or, or some of the early reports from firms like Coates and, and others, the, the successful wholesalers are the ones who have the most organization around how they manage their territory and set up their rotations, what they're talking about, to whom. Um, even if their firm wasn't providing them with a CRM system back before such a thing maybe even existed, they were the ones who kept the most organized notes and were able to, to, to stay on top of things. So this is just an evolution of 
resources and using the data to be smart around who you're calling on, when you're calling on them, how you're calling on them, what you're talking about. But as the playing field gets more level, and it's no longer going to be just a handful of those large firms that have invested in large business analytics and business intelligence teams that have these these insights, and every firm is going to be able to outsource that to companies like, like ours, the differentiation is going to really come down to, well, your product set, of course, but assuming you have competitive products, how effectively that wholesaler can then deliver the message. And just to make a, a quick analogy, because we're right here after the Super Bowl, you know, if you think about the coaches come up with the game plan, they review the game tape, you have these, these experts in, in analytics, if you will, that come up with the game plan, but it's up to the players to go out and, and execute that effectively, call an audible when necessary, and, and, and deliver those plays in the way that they were, were drawn up. So it's that both sides, the science and the art, become really critical there. Lee, just to make sure that I understand and our wholesalers and, and divisional managers, national sales managers, whoever's listening to this understand. What, what does this work deliver? In other words, uh, do I end up being served the highest potential prospect list? Do I end up uh, being asked not to call on a certain cut of advisor based upon their experience or based upon their broker-dealer or based upon their product choice, how granular does this data actually get? Yes and no. It can be as granular or as high level as you want, and it really all comes down to what is a firm's business strategy. You know, I think what we're moving into and, and frankly, have moved fairly away from in this industry are the days when wholesalers were – CEOs of their own little mini enterprise, you know, the, the gunslinger out there owning their, their swath of land and think, go on, do what you need to do. As long as you get the gross sales in, we're going to be happy. We'll leave you alone, and we'll only ask questions if you're not hitting your number. Firms have recognized that it, 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 it needs to be a much more integrated effort. So it's not just sales. It's sales working closely with marketing and with product and with the national accounts function and with all of the areas that touch an organization. So ultimately, back to your, to your question, what you're going to be able to do with data is really execute your business strategy more effectively. So we the clients that we've worked with that are very focused on diversifying their book of business. They have too many advisors that sell one or maybe two of their products, and they have a broader product lineup that they want to, to, to um, diversify around. So the data can identify those advisors that are likely to do business in other products and help you say, okay, I'm going to meet with Rob. He invests in product A. Should I mention product B or product C to him as a better diversification opportunity? It's the type of requirement that, frankly, the best wholesalers were always doing on their own using whatever information they had, going back through sales reports, going back through through notes from previous meetings, but being able to do that in a more automated fashion and freeing up the wholesaler's time to be able to focus on what they're really good at, which is managing relationships and selling those products. So it really depends what the business strategy is, whether it's cross-selling, upselling, retention, um, focusing on certain distributors or not. You can you, There's a lot of data that can make that more effective. So, Lee, if, if I'm uh, a wholesaler working for a behemoth, uh, they have 100, 200, 300 wholesalers. 
I'm probably digging what you're saying. It, it could help me be actually more effective, more efficient, go deeper with my advisors, pick the right advisors. If I work for a mid-sized firm, if I work for a smaller firm, I might be feeling like I'm about to get my head handed to me because the larger firm has the data advantage. How do you feel about that? So I think that today there is a major advantage that some of the largest firms have. Um, just as a quick example, firms like Franklin Templeton and, and Invesco have teams of 70, 80, 100 plus people that are focused in their data function, their business intelligence, business analytics function. Um, that includes everything from the data scrubbing and reconciliation all the way up to the more strategic analysis and, and insights that can be gathered from that data. Um, and there are a number of other leaders in, in the space that have been investing or are investing heavily in building that out. What we're doing actually at our company, Casina, and one of the reasons we're now part of DST Systems is to be able to provide that outsourced function to these organizations. And we're not the only ones out there. I don't want this to be a sales pitch. The point being there are firms that are helping even the smallest organizations be able in a very turnkey uh, approach tap into the, the insights in the data that they already have. So every firm has transaction information, maybe not for every distributor, some are omnibus, et cetera, but for the vast majority of the advisors they do business with, there's a lot of insights from the web traffic that you have, from the, the wholesaler touch points, from the transaction information that can be fed in and provide meaningful insights. And that's something that, frankly, I would argue is more important for the smaller mid-sized company than for the large one because the territories are going to be so much larger. You're covering so many more firms or more advisors potentially, and you need to be very effective in how you spend your time and similarly how you spend as an organization those marketing resources as well, whereas the, the largest behemoths, as you mentioned, will have very tight relation, targeted relationships already within a very narrow territory. So, Lee, when, when we did our pre-call, I gave you the analogy of five-year-olds at a soccer game where everybody's running to the ball. And you helped assuage some of that concern. Wholesalers, what I asked Lee was, in a world where everybody's crunching the same data or what I thought was the same data, how are we not all chasing the same advisors? Wholesalers, you know what this is like, right? You're all chasing a corner office advisor. You're all chasing the top 100 advisors at LPL. You all want your Barron's top 100 and, Lee, how, how, does, how does it not become a five-year-old soccer game? Yeah. I mean, there, there's always going to be an element of that, as you mentioned, the, the Barron's Top 100 list. They just control so many assets, and everyone's going to want to try to get in there. But the real power of this data, and when I say this data, I mean all of the data that we can get our hands on as an organization, uh, marketing touch points, wholesaler touch points, transaction information, third-party data, et cetera, is to try to find the best fits for that organization's products with advisors at that given time. So firm ABC has certain information about the advisors they do business with. They have their certain product set and their brand and their wholesalers. So their data set is very different than firm XYZ. So when they're running analysis, it may showcase that, you know what, Lee Kowarski is the best advisor target for them at that moment 
for a particular strategy that they have or whatever the case may be. And Lee may not be the, the biggest advisor in terms of AUM. It may not be the, the corner office guy. It may not even be one of the focus firms that the firm is historically concentrated on. But because of the interest that Lee has expressed through responses to emails, through visits to the website, through calling to an internal wholesaler, through transaction history, that the, the data indicates that this is a, a better use of a wholesaler's time for a call or a meeting than someone who maybe manages more money. And all of that is really being influenced these days by things like holding periods. So we have a, a service, for instance, that can do data analysis and provide what we call persistency analysis. So it helps indicate does advisor A have a longer or shorter holding period on average than advisor B. So we're seeing more and more firms incorporate net sales or elements like net sales into the compensation plans for wholesalers and really more importantly into their overall business objectives and metrics. So even though you may be able to get a larger sale from a bigger producing advisor, if that's going to be money that flips over in four months or, or eight months, that may not be nearly as profitable for the organization. And again, this is where all the, the data starts to come in and tie in with what the firm's overall objectives are. You know, Lee, one of the things that you mentioned that, that really resonated with me, and if I'm a wholesaler and wholesalers, I think this should resonate with you, and that is this whole notion of being able to feed you highest likelihood prospects based upon engagement with the firm via various outlets. And I'm paraphrasing or, or recreating what, what Lee said. So if you have the ability to crunch data that tells you what email open rates are, what click-through rates are, how often a website is hit, what pages they come in contact with, how frequently they call into the desk, uh, what the duration of the call is, etc., that becomes powerful data that in your hands could really make a significant difference. We, the, the question also comes up around, you know, we've got lots of folks that provide lots of data to our community. And we've got folks like Meridian and Market Metrics. Uh, the list goes on. How does this defeat that data? How does it inform that data? How does it all live side by side is question one. And then I definitely want get to get to question two is, if I'm a wholesaler, how do not, I not implode from data? Yeah. Well, I think, I'm glad you brought up question two as well because that's really critical. But just to start at the first point, the and, and actually they tie in very much the same. The point is pull in all of the data that you can, and this is where business analytics and business intelligence come into play. So we have on our team nine PhDs in data analytics. They and their folks that work for them can, can set up systems and models that learn over time and are refined with feedback from sales forces and, and management and, and others that can, can incorporate massive amounts of data. I mean, we talk about big data. The reality is our industry doesn't really have big data. Consumer packaged goods has big data. Um, government has big data. The, the phone companies have big data. We have a relatively small number of customers that we're dealing with when we talk about advisors doing a relatively small number of transactions and a relatively small number of products. But the reality is, as you said, it would be completely overwhelming for any one individual just to sort through all this information. And it's absolutely not a good use of a wholesaler's time 
just like we don't want them, you know, relying on old technology and using a, a street map to, to plan out their routes, you can use Google Maps now and, and do it much more efficiently. Same way, the systems, the tools, and these teams that either firms are building or can outsource to folks like us can do a much better job of finding those nuggets. We need to get the wholesale to understand the process and to buy into it. So you can't just say, here's this black box and here's the 10 advisors that pop out of the other end and you should call them and talk to them about these products. You need to show them why, what's leading to it. But the most important piece input into that is the transaction history, what an advisor has bought or sold and has, and the second most important, the different touch points that you have. The marketing interactions, again, conference calls, webinars, website traffic, email behavior, et cetera, as well as the wholesaler touch points. All of the other third-party information is valuable to varying degrees, you know, whether it's a Meridian IQ or, or, or others, and we partner with them, and there certainly is a lot of value there. But it's about how you pull all those pieces together and refine the model to come out with the right recommendations. But it can't be on the wholesaler, or they would be completely overwhelmed. Um, and, and frankly, that's not the skill set that firms should be hiring wholesalers to, to have. They should, they should be focusing on relationship skills and sales skills. So, Lee, um, as we begin to wrap up, um, I, I want to uh, give our wholesaler listeners, our divisional sales manager listeners, folks that will be directly um, on the front line, the recipients of the output of this data, um, I want to just give them a couple things to think about. So just quickly, um, how soon is this coming? You know, is this 2020 or is this living, breathing today? So there are firms that are doing this today. Um, as an industry, we're, some people say we're in the early innings. I still think we're in the minor leagues um, when it comes to this. But there are pockets where certain sales forces um, have embraced it for cross-selling or for upselling or for prospecting um, or for marketing. But to really have it meaningfully impact how the business is run, we're talking about only a, a couple of firms in our industry today. But we will see this more over 2015 and, and certainly 2016. Um, this is not far off in the future. And then if I'm if I'm a wholesaler thinking about, you know, the, the great career I've had over the last 10 years, 15 years, what's your guidance? I, I realize you're not a wholesaler coach, uh, but it, what's your guidance? How, how do I um, approach this? If I, if I am hesitant, because some guys might be wide open, especially after hearing what we talked about in terms of how it will help your business. But, but what if I am just, you know, I'm the artisan, I'm not the scientist, I'm the lone wolf, even though they're a dying breed and they should be a dying breed, but how do I, how do I feel better about this? Put yourself in the wholesale shoes. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, to me it comes back to the fact that these are tools and resources, just like any other tool or, or resource, a car, an airplane, email, whatever it may be, helps you do your job more effectively and helps you not waste your time, helps you not talk about something that isn't going to be received. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. You know, we're not saying we're going to go from a wholesaler having a 0% chance of success to data-driven approach having a 100% chance. No, it's about taking what is hopefully for a good wholesaler a very high chance of success already and increasing that slightly beyond that. So as a wholesaler, you should really embrace this um, as something that's going to help you be more effective. And the reality is if you're trying to think about the metrics that you're going to be evaluated on, more and more firms are going to be looking at 
the impact and influence of their wholesalers and how effectively the, those costs are, are being spent. So wholesalers who reject this, who don't put their information in CRM systems, who, who refuse to, to call on the advisors that, they're, that are being suggested to them, you know, frankly, they're not going to be the ones that are evaluated very highly and compensated very highly. And if you try to just chase the jobs that have the old school mentality, there are going to be fewer and fewer of those jobs out there. So I'd say, you know, not just because it is inevitable, but it is inevitable, but because it's going to make you more impactful and have better relationships with your clients. That's why I would embrace it if I were a wholesaler. Awesome insights. Lee, thanks as always for joining us at Wholesaler Mastermind Radio. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Wholesalers, come back next time when we'll bring you another episode of Wholesaler Masterminds Radio.